We will be in Acts chapter 3 this morning. Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, we read, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, uh, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, uh, to ask alms of them uh, that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning, and I thank you for the privilege of uh, being in your house this morning. I thank you uh, for your church, for uh, those who've gathered here this morning. And God, uh, what a privilege to meet with brothers and sisters in Christ and to teach and preach the word. Father, I ask for the filling of your spirit uh, to minister the word this morning. Without the work of your spirit, nothing, nothing will be done. And, uh, and so, Lord, as always, we look to you. I pray for my dear wife, fill her with your spirit, and uh, give her that filling and grace in, in, in relaying the message in sign this morning. It's been a privilege to be in your house already as the word has gone out to the children and the adults in the Sunday school hour. We've heard the teaching of your word. We have truths to claim as our own, to, to submit ourselves to. Father, help us in walking with you in those things which have been uh, preached and taught uh, from the pulpit here already and, and the children in the Sunday school room. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for those that are also with us uh, online. And what a blessing it is, for we know many would long to be here, but they cannot. And yet they're here with us safely online, and we thank you. We, we're thankful for that. We praise you for that. Uh, we thank you for your goodness and blessings once again. 
our heart's desire as the word goes out from, uh, from this place, uh, Lord, is always that souls would be saved and that lives would be changed. Lord, that you'd be glorified. And so, Father, we pray for that once again, for your working in those things and, and uh, build up your church, glorify your name. Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Apostle Peter is with John are going into the temple. And Peter will, uh, after this event, uh, preach a sermon uh, that will result in the Bible tells us 5,000 men, about 5,000 men being saved. Uh, so likely more than 5,000. That's a lot of people. Uh, praise God. Uh, after that, they will be apprehended by the authorities <laughs> after that good deed. And... Uh, but it's interesting to consider it, uh, uh, the multitudes that would be saved. Uh, Peter speaks the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and faith in him uh, is, is what makes the difference. Uh, and it is wonderful to see the healing of this slain man uh, before Peter and John get into the temple. And I want to use it this morning to illustrate the Christian life, being saved, walking with God, serving God, and uh, it certainly applies to those thousands that would be saved uh, and uh, illustrates just uh, some very pertinent truths of the Christian life. And uh, God will use that to encourage us and edify us, glorify his name this morning. I'm in part of the message this morning. Behold, beheld, and be healed. Uh, we think of uh, them coming to the temple uh, with this, this lame man uh, there before the gate. And we, we consider, uh, first of all, that number one, uh, the lame man was held in his infirmity. Number one, the lame man was held in his infirmity. Uh, we see in verse two, this certain uh, man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. He was carried and he lay. What's it doing? Oh, is that the wrong one? Oh, okay. I didn't even notice. <laughs> I'd have been clicking along there and wondering why are you all looking at me strange. <laughs> all right. There we go. Let's get the right one up there. Okay. Okay, that's all right. All right. Behold, be held, and be healed. First of all, the lame man was held uh, in his infirmity, being held in his infirmity. He was carried, uh, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. Uh, now, it's interesting. We don't really know all the details about this lame man. Uh, did he want to go to the temple? We don't know. Uh, He's a lame man, and the Bible doesn't tell us. Maybe uh, those that, uh, that took care of him uh, decided, listen, uh, we need money to help take care of you. Every day we're going to bring you to the temple and lay you at the gate. You, you're going to ask for alms. Uh, we're, not, we're not told all the details of why he's brought there every day. 
Uh, we certainly would hope that he would want to be at the temple there and uh, uh, praising God, perhaps, in whatever way that he can. Uh, but he's dependent upon them. He's carried there uh, every day. Multiple times in the Bible, uh, the Bible uses illustrations to speak of the lost life and the saved life. Uh, one of those is blindness. You know, uh, I, we, we sing the song, I once was blind, but now I see. That was because, that's because of the illustrations of the Bible that kind of use that. Another illustration, of course, is being lame or not being able to walk and walking. And, uh, and so that's what we're, we're, that's what we're seeing here this, by way of illustration. Uh, this lame man uh, could, could, not, could not walk. Uh, and uh, he's carried daily to the gate of the temple. And I want you to know that lost people are carried daily in, uh, in, in their, uh, they're carried about daily in their unbelief. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14 we are to be uh, no more children, Paul writing to sage people, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning crafted, craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So before we were saved, we were just carried about by different false doctrines, different things that we believed, anything that was different from the gospel, just carried about. Uh, here and there you know we sing the song the whole world was what lost in the darkness of sin the light of the world is jesus and uh, that's what we needed to have and to hear uh, was that light uh, he was held uh, and uh, in his infirmity we were held in our sins uh, before knowing christ we sing the song i'd rather have jesus than silver or gold I'd rather be his than have riches, untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd, I'd rather uh, be uh, uh, led by his nail-pierced hands than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. That's where you and I were before we got saved. We were held in sin's dread sway. And it didn't matter what kind of sin. Some people just the sin of pride. They were philanthropists. They were rich. They were helping out society. But, you, but yet their own sins weren't forgiven because they hadn't yet received Christ as their Savior. That's a form of sin. They were carried about in their deception thinking that by good deeds, somehow God would accept them. They were carried about in that until they heard the gospel and got saved. Amen. It doesn't matter. Some people are carried about in a different form of deception. They're doing drugs and thinking that the way to get through life is just to take enough drugs so you don't feel the pain. They were carried about in that deception. The devil doesn't care which, which deception you pick as long as you pick a deception. Anything but the truth of God will do as far as the devil is concerned. Anything but faith in Jesus Christ will work fine for him and his purposes. But thank God someone gave you the gospel. Amen. And, uh, and we received Jesus Christ as our Savior. Frankly, we, we assume that this deaf man got saved. Uh, I mean, this, I'm sorry, this, this lame man got saved. But we really don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. 
He was walking, leaping, praising God. Was he happy, happy that he got healed? Did he understand yet? Well, uh, I, I kind of assumed that he did, but we're really not told that. Uh, Peter didn't add, you know, you know Peter, Peter gave him that command and God healed him by doing one of those miracles that God did to set up that preaching. Uh, and uh, whether he actually was saved or not, he makes an excellent illustration uh, of salvation with his not being able to walk and now being, a, not, and now being physically healed. Uh, that's for sure. And we're seeing that, uh, uh, we're looking at that today. Uh, uh, the lame man could not walk. Lost people cannot walk in the spirit. Uh, they cannot live a life that is pleasing to God. Lost people. In Hebrews eleven six, the scripture says, "But without faith, it, it is impossible to please Him, God. For well, he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him." What is Hebrews eleven six saying there in the context? It's talking about living a life that is a testimony. Uh, the very verse before that talks about uh, uh, Enoch, who, 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 was, who was taken away from the earth without dying. And the Bible says the reason why was because he had this testimony that he pleased God. That's right before the verse I just read to you. The rest of Hebrews 11 is talking about those who what? Had a testimony of life that pleased God. So when the Bible says... Uh, uh, without faith it's impossible to please him in the Hebrew context there of that chapter it's talking about live a life that is pleasing to God some have put a little more emphasis on that than the scripture allows some interpret that and say well a lost man can't do anything, anything pleasing to God is, is believing in Jesus Christ pleasing to God Yes, it is. A lost man can't do that then. God has to give him the faith. That's not what the chapter of Hebrews 11 say. Hebrews 11 is talking about pleasing God with a, 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 life, a, a life where you're walking in his will. Where your life becomes a good testimony. That's what the context is talking about there. God didn't say a lost person could never please God. Abimelech pleased God when he uh, had, uh, had uh, a spirit of integrity uh, regarding uh, the wife of the prophet that he took for himself. God said, I know you did that of a heart of integrity. I, therefore, I've kept you from sinning. I kept you from, from, you know, from, from, uh, from uh, having relations with her. God acknowledged the, the, the good in his heart, a lost man. Uh, God uh, uh, pronounced uh, judgment upon Ahab, uh, as far as we know, an unsaved king. And Ahab what? He repented. In, 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 in ashes and, and sackcloth. And God withheld the judgment. Why? Because Ahab's repenting repleased him. Didn't mean he was saved. He was a lost man. What he did pleased God. Uh, Abimelech was a lost man, but what he did pleased God at that time. And, he, and the judgment was withheld. And so, uh, no, a lost person cannot live a life that is pleasing to God. They can't do that. Why? Because they don't have the mind of Christ. Uh, they may, uh, they may uh, please God in a situation like the lost men did that we already spoke of. But that certainly won't be continuous. And wrong motives will be in it. It will be mixed in wrong motives. It will never be accepted uh, before God. 
uh, because they can't continue, they can't live a life that is pleasing. They can't be a testimony for God in their life. And uh, uh, in that way is what Romans 11 is talking about. The lost world is enslaved to sin because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The lost mind doesn't think like Christ. When you're saved, you get the mind of Christ. And again, Romans 8, the context is talking about how your life is changed after you're saved. In, this, in, in the context. Uh, God brings forth what? We, we become fulfillers of the law. We begin doing things of the law because we're saved. That's the context of Romans 8 there. When it goes on to say that, uh, that, uh, that the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's, sub, it's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be in that fashion. And so we see that. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit... If so, be the Spirit of God dwell in you. If you are uh, flesh in the context there is talking about being lost. If you're lost, same lesson as Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11, you can't please God with your life or being a testimony. But if you're saved, what? You can. <laughs> because you have the mind of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. And we see that. Uh, In John 8, 34, Jesus says, Verily, very I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And that Greek present, the present tense, has the idea of a continual thing. If your, your, your life is about sin, uh, you, you continue in it. Uh, that, that's it. Uh, uh, you, Jesus says, uh, you're the servant of sin. By the way, a Christian can become entangled in sin. That's for sure. Uh, in, uh, in Mark 4.18, Jesus gives the, the parable of the seed and, and uh, being the word of God and how our hearts receive it. And, and in uh, Mark 4.18, Jesus says, uh, They which are sown among thorns are such as hear the word. They hear the gospel and and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So the word was received, the seed was received by the ground. The root grew, but it was in a place, but it was in a place where the thorns came up and it choked the word and it became unfruitful. It's a picture of a Christian beginning entangled. Uh, uh, in, the things, in the things of life, as Jesus pointed out. The cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, what do they do? They're focusing on worldly things. All the problems of the world. And God says it just comes all around them and chokes them out. Boy, you can get real, that's real dangerous today, isn't it? You know, There are some Christians that listen to a whole lot more politics than they do read their Bible, <laughs> don't they? And we can get caught up with this. Listen, God's not going to save this world as it is, folks. <laughs> He has plans for this world. Uh, he's going to come get us uh, suddenly, any moment. And when he does, we're going to come back with him. And he's going to reign this world. And we're going to reign with him. And, and then we'll see how a world uh, run right works. Amen. <laughs> but he's not going to save it as it is. 
And, and it's not going to change in that way until he comes back and does that. Uh, but Paul warns, to, writing to Timothy, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. There's that idea of pleasing him again with, faith, with a faithful living. And, and, and being a soldier, being strong in the Lord. And, uh, uh, and so uh, you got to be focused. We're here uh, to be witnesses. We're here to be, uh, we saw, saw that in, 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 in the lesson this morning. We're here, we're pilgrims. Remember, we're missionaries here. God has that, has that for, has that for us. Romans 8.2 For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. When I looked at the, the Ten Commandments, uh, the Bible says a soul that sinneth it shall die. I realized I didn't keep them all. I was as good as dead. And then I learned that Christ died for my sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And I trusted him as my Savior, and all my sins were forgiven, past, present, and future, as far as salvation goes. God took care of that. He took care of them all. He offered himself one sacrifice, what? Four sins forever. And he perfected every believer forever, the moment uh, they trust Christ as your Savior. You are in a perfect position. Are you perfect practically yet? Nope. <laughs> will you be when Jesus returns? Nope. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll be obey obeying Him, doing, doing what He wants us to do, and be rewarded and such like that, but will we be sinlessly perfect? No, we won't be. Uh, this lame man found no lasting help from the world every day, day after day. Carried back, get some more help here, get some more help there, beg for some more bread here, beg for some more bread there, uh, maybe some water, maybe whatever it was, every day, day after day, no lasting help. You know, that's the way the world is when it comes to things of the inner man. There are people that are trying to solve the problem of sin with drugs. And let me tell you something there's only one cure for sin, that's the blood of Jesus Christ. And that cure starts when you ask Christ as your Savior. He forgives you of all sins. And then, and then, and, and after then, you receive the power over sin by the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And then 1 John 1, 9 applies. If we confess our sins, what? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the victory over sin. Uh <clears throat> He found no lasting help in the world. Uh, put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. Psalm 146, 3. Human beings, well-meaning men, brought no lasting help. There are well-meaning people out there psycho uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to help uh, people with sin problems and using drugs. And counseling. They mean well, but what don't they have? They don't have the wisdom of this book. They don't have the mind of Christ. They have no power to conquer sin. And they'll not find it in a drug. And that's why we are, are so blessed to have the Word of God and to be enlightened by the Spirit of God when we're saved. Amen. Uh, the lame man was held in his, in, in, in his infirmity. What else do we see? Number two. Let me get along here. Number two, 
the lame man beheld was beheld by Peter and John. Verse 4. And Peter, fasting his eyes up upon him with John. So what did they do? They're looking on him. Peter and John are going out to the temple. What are they going out to do? What they, they're going out to worship and serve God. They have their eyes open for opportunities to be a, a minister and a servant of God. And they see this lame man at the beautiful gate of the temple. And Peter's led by the Spirit to raise that man and, and to, uh, by a miracle in the name of Jesus Christ and for his glory. What an amazing thing. And uh, uh, praise God for that. And we are to be looking at the world around us and looking for ministries to or opportunities to minister uh, to minister to others those that are around us when we share the gospel uh, we are looking upon people some of the people that I've looked upon I thought you know we, we think in human ways sometimes you know we look at one person and, we, and, we, and another person we think wow that person really needs the gospel, uh, gospel more than that person well that certainly isn't true is it is it Everybody needs the gospel just as desperately. But it's, 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 it's interesting to me the desperate situations that some people are in and yet they're not open to the gospel. You know, they don't want to take a track. And, uh, and uh, it's amazing to me. But God still loves them. God still loves them. Peter fastened his eyes upon him. And uh, uh, praise God that Peter and John uh, went out looking upon the fields. Amen. In John 4, 35 there, Jesus says, Say not there four months, then cometh harvest. I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They're white already to harvest. Be looking for opportunities to minister. Opportunities to minister. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus ate with publicans and sinners. Mark 2, uh, 16 and following. Now he didn't go to sinful places with them. He went to their house. The house is... Uh, uh, a place where people eat. He'd have dinner with them. And, uh, and he was a witness to them. He took opportunities. And as, and as believers, if we're not careful, uh, what will happen is, after we get saved, uh, we are, 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 our best friends become Christians, and that's the way it should be. But we forget, we can, if we're not careful, we'll forget to befriend sinners. Amen. We need to make time to where we are around some sinners. <laughs> and by sinners, I mean, there's two types of people in the world. There are, there, are, there are sinners and forgiven sinners. And forgiven sinners are called saints. Amen. <laughs> and what the forgiven sinners want is for all the other sinners to become forgiven so God will call them saints too. Amen. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Okay. And we have to make sure that we're making time to be around lost people in some way. Those that work. Maybe uh, passing tracks out, maybe witnessing uh, to to neighbors and such, whatever it might be. Being uh, being do, doing what we can do. Uh, the the lame man was beheld by Peter and John. Uh, they looked on him. They were concerned about others. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Be looking out for others. As believers, what? We need to be looking out for the lost, don't we? 
And by the way, we need to be looking out for believers to grow and to be able to help other believers. We need to be looking out for those things. What else do we see? Not only did, uh, did uh, the, lame, the lame man was beheld by, by Peter and John, but thirdly, the lame man beheld Peter and John. <laughs> he looked on them. Acts 3, 4. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, just talked about that, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. So now, I can picture this lame man, you know, that the crowds are coming in, and uh, Peter and John are coming up there, and there's people all over. He doesn't know who or, who or what's going to help him, give him anything. He's looking around, alms, you know, alms for, for the poor, you know, alms, alms, I don't know what he's saying, alms for, for the lame. He's looking around, and Peter, as he's coming up, the Holy Spirit begins to say, You're gonna re- I want you to talk to that man. What's Peter do to say? Look on us. Quit looking all right here is your help. Nobody else is going to help give you what, what I'm giving you right now. We're the ones you need to focus on. Look on us. And that's exactly what that lame, what that lame man did. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you this, uh, brethren. We have the truth. We have the gospel. And there's a whole lot of other messages out there. And we need to understand that people need to hear our message. Because we have the truth. Anything apart from the word of God is not the truth. And there are many more messages out there. That's the wide broad gate. All kinds of religious beliefs and, and, and false lies and all that. A whole lot of them. This is called what? The narrow way. And all the other ways are called what? The broad way. We have to remember, like Peter said, we have the message. We have the truth. And it's the word of God. And it's the death, burial, resurrection of Christ as the, you know, as, as the payment for our sin. Those who trust, who trust in him. Uh, the lame man beheld Peter and John. And uh, we need people to look on Jesus. We need people to look at the message of the gospel. In Isaiah 45, 22, Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, what? And there is none else. There is no other place to look. So l- listen up. Look up. Look here. There's no other place to look besides God. No other place to look besides his resurrected son whom he sent to earth to become a man and die for the sins of the whole world. There's no other place to look. No other place to go. Uh, God wants us to look on his son. John 3, 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. What was happening in the wilderness? People were being bitten by serpents and dying physically. So Moses was commanded to make a serpent. Put it on a pole and hold it up. And God said, whoever looks on the serpent uh, and beholds it uh, will be healed. And those who looked uh, in faith believing they'd be healed by looking at the serpent, they were healed and they didn't die physically. And God said, that's the way my son is. I put him on a cross and held him up. Everyone who looks to my son who died on the cross and rose again will live spiritually. 
and eternally. Everyone who refuses to look what? Will die. Will die. Will die. And we lovingly and faithfully declare that message. Amen. Uh, we are living what? Uh, the Bible says that in Philippians 3.20, our conversation is in heaven. That's our life. It's all, it's all rooted in heaven now. Uh, we get our life from heaven in, in, in uh, Philippians 3.20. Our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What are we doing? We're looking for Jesus to return, aren't we? We're looking for him. Uh, Titus 2.13, we're looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12.2 we, are look, we live our life looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. See that? We're looking to Him. We're looking to Him. Fourthly, fourthly, the lame man was held by Peter and John. The lame man was held by Peter and John. Look at verse 6. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Peter reaches out, grabs him by the right hand, and, and lifts him up. Lifts him up. I like that. What the Bible tells, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, what? And he shall lift you up. Uh, of course that applies uh, 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 to the believer who humbles himself before the gospel and trusts Christ or to the unbeliever and it applies to the believer when he humbles himself uh, in sin and, uh, in, in some sin that they've been involved in and repents of it and confesses it and what does God do he restores that fellowship amen this is up in that way we think about that Ecclesiastes 4.9 Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth for he hath not another to help him up. God uses us to minister one, to one another, doesn't he? And uh, you know there's no church of one person? Not a single one. Not a single one. What did Jesus say? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That's a church. And, uh, and we lift one another up. God lifts us up when we, when, when, when we look unto him. <clears throat> they, had, they were given, uh, the apostles were given signs and wonders to do to show that the message they were preaching uh, was the word of God, even though it wasn't written yet. We talked some about, about this last week in, in a lesson. Uh, they were told that they would be able to do signs and stuff. That's exactly what Peter did. He did a miraculous healing. And we saw how those miraculous signs have faded away. Uh, and greater things have been left for us. What? Faith, hope, and love. Amen. The things that we really need to get us through. Uh, the things of life. The best things. By that way, what would you think that man was expecting when Peter said, look on us? Probably some money. 
There'll be a piece of silver or a piece of gold, which Peter, Peter was quick to say, hey, we don't have any of that. What did he get? Something far better than he thought he'd get, amen? <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't expected uh, on leaping into the temple that day. <laughs> he hadn't planned on that. wonder if he had his sandals on. I don't know. And uh, he hadn't planned on that. He got something greater than what he was looking for, amen? A lot of times we have people come in that door and the world is teaching the church, teaching the teaching their own that all the church is for is to help them with with temporal things. Go to a church; they're supposed to feed you if you don't have any food. Go to a church; they're supposed to pay your rent bill if you can't afford it. Go to your, you know, go to a church; they're supposed to, you know, to do whatever you you fill in the blank. They're supposed to give you money to help you out when you can't help yourself and you run out of money. That's what the world's saying the church is for. And it's heartbreaking. So many times we have people coming through that door, and uh, you know, we have you know we have people that want money, uh, money you know for rent, money for you know a bus ticket, money for whatever it might be uh, to pay some bill. And there's times we've done that. We have some uh, criteria people need to meet before we do that, because it's God's money, amen. But what do we do? We desire. Many times they come in. That's all they're looking at. I'm sure with that lame man at the temple, all he was looking for was, was a piece of silver or a piece of gold. He'd been there day after day after day. But Peter had something better for him that day. And it hurts our hearts when people come through our door wanting some little bit of help, but the little bit of help's all they're wanting. When we know if they'll receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will be transformed by, by, by the power of God and by the Holy Spirit. We know the greatest thing that they need is not something that this earth can see or touch and with the physical senses. The greatest thing they need is salvation. It's Jesus Christ who did walk upon this earth, who wasn't a body you could feel and touch but who had come down from heaven and put on that body, died for us and rose again so we could trust him uh, as our Savior. You see, we're not always called or able to give them what they're asking for or expecting, but we have better things to give them, amen? We have better things to give those who are just searching for temporal things. A bus ticket, a motel room, money for rent, gas, bills, whatever it might be. Well, the first thing you need is Jesus, amen. First thing you need uh, is, is, is Jesus. The lame man was held by Peter and John. I'm glad that we're held by Christ, amen. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He says, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You get saved. You're in the hand of Christ, who is God. You are in the hand of, of, of the Father. You're in the hand of Christ. You are held by Him and held forever. And thank God. Thank God for that. There's nothing that can buy that. There's no amount of silver or gold that could secure that. Now what Peter wrote. 
We're not redeemed by those corruptible things, but by the blood, by the blood of Christ. We have greater things than they're asking for. What did Peter say? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give unto thee. I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You say, well, preacher, that was still a physical thing. Yes, it was. And by the way, there probably came a time when that poor lame fella uh, got so old that he wasn't walking so good anymore. If God allowed him to live a time, there did come a time again when he wasn't able to leap into the temple and run. That was just a temporal healing. But Peter knew that. See, Peter didn't go there just to help people temporally. Look later on in this message. They're all marveling at this lame man. He was, he was, he was born lame. Everybody knew it. He just barked to the temple every day. And they're all running around, you know, Peter and John marveling about this thing. And he says in Acts 3.12, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? And then he tells them the real marvel. He says, The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified his son Jesus. There it is. Whom you, you crucified. You, you, you put him on a tree and slew him. God has raised him up. There's a thing to marvel about. Amen. There's a thing to embrace. To embrace. To embrace. <clears throat> The lame man. The lame man was held by Peter and John. Fifthly, the lame man held Peter and John. The lame man held Peter and John. I'm looking for my my place here. The lame man held Peter and John. Look at verse 11. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together I mean, in the porch. Now think about this. That lame man, we actually don't know if he had a choice about coming to the temple or not. <laughs> I hope he wanted, really wanted to come and it was all his choice. We really don't know. That might have just been the habit of their life and the friends and the family every day. You know, where we need some alms. We don't know. He got a ride to the temple. But you know what? After he was healed, he could go where he wanted to go. He may or may not have had a choice of whether he wanted to show up that day, but after he was healed, he had a choice, didn't he? And what did he do? Peter had held him. Now what does he do? Peter, he, holds, he holds them. He grabs a hold of them. Peter and John had grabbed a hold of him. Now he grabs a hold of them. Now he's healed. What a blessing. Uh, what a blessing. What's he doing? That's a picture of making a choice to be a disciple. Look what you've done for me. Don't go away. I want to be near you. I want... To find out what's going on here. And you know after we're saved. 
We're all called, believers are called to be what? Disciples, aren't we? God works sovereignly in many ways. That lame man might have arrived at the temple against his own will that day. He might have said, I'm not going today. And his brothers or friends would have said, yes, you are. And grumbling, they put him in the, in, in the cot and carried him out there. Well, they took him in. God in his sovereignty may have actually brought that man there against his will. But God never makes a disciple against his disciples' will. Does he? We have a choice. Love that is not chosen is not love. See, that man had a choice. Where are you going to go now? What are you going to do now? Luke 16, 13. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one that despises the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Where are you going to go? Now that you're born again. All your sins have been forgiven. You've been delivered from the penalty of sin. You now have the Holy Spirit in you to deliver you from the power of sin as you yield to Him. And one day when Christ returns as a believer, you'll be delivered from the presence of sin altogether. What are you going to do now? Who are you going to serve? You mean a believer can turn around and serve the flesh? Yeah, they can. That lame man could have turned around and ran back out. Well, finally, I don't have to come to the temple anymore. <laughs> I'm tired of that and making that trip every day. He had a choice. He, 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 he grabbed a hold of Peter and John. And as, as believers, we are called to be disciples. Uh, and he grabbed a hold of them. Uh, we saw in 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, uh, 21 this morning, prove all things what? Hold fast that which is good. Grab hold of what we know to be the will of God and make that a part of your life and a part of my life. Hold on to that. Uh, 2 Timothy 1, 13, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love. There's the engine of the Christian life. Uh, hold fast those words. Believe them and loving God do them. Is what he's saying. But nobody's making you, brother, sister. Nobody's making you hold fast. God just has enabled you to do that. And now you can being born again. And so God says, now do it. Now do it. Now follow me. I have loved you. Now you love me. Is what, is what he's saying there. Hold fast that word. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay what? Lay hold on eternal life. Uh, you see, really, when we talk about us laying hold of eternal things, I'm illustrating that, you know, by, with the hands grabbing and such. But it's really not the hands, is it? What needs to lay a hold? The part of us that needs to lay hold is what our heart. We need to grab those things in our heart. 
so that those are the things that we seek amen those are the things that we desire and as our heart lays hold of those things what our hands and our feet and our our eyes the rest of it follows God gets the rest of it he's wanting our heart to get sold on those things that he has for us and by the way they are the best for us we may not understand that but that's okay he's far greater than we are don't ever plan on fully understanding God okay just just put that away (laughs) that's why he's God and you're not and I'm not okay but I'm thankful for what we can understand and frankly what I can understand blows my mind God deserves nothing less than our faithful undying obedience until the day we die If he never did another thing for us, he deserves that. And God wants us to wrap our heart around that. Amen? And to realize that. I was telling my wife, I was was reading through Daniel and Jeremiah too. But as I read them, it, it so humbles me. What they went through, and yet their hearts going through it. You look at Daniel praying. When the king made that decree, foolishly, okay, it sounds good, you guys. Well, well, anybody that prays to another God besides me, you're going into the lion's den. Daniel knew what he was going to do. He was going to go home and pray three times a day, like like he always did. As I read that prayer, he started to pray. The Bible says he thanked the Lord as before times the king has just made legislation to put Daniel to death if he gets caught doing what he's doing and Daniel bows before he opens up his window and says what he thanks God I say God I feel so puny sometimes as a Christian I read about Jeremiah's life and Daniel's life and I said, God, help me to grow. If thou faint in the day of adversity, what? Thy strength is small. I look at those and here's the It's like, God, help me to grow. What a spirit. What a spirit. Laying a hold of those things. <clears throat> and fifthly, and finally, the lame man was beheld by the crowd he was beheld by the crowd look at verse uh, 9 and all the people saw him walking and praising God (laughs) what a wonderful picture of salvation we could not walk with God we could not live a life pleasing to God God saves us, forgives us of all of our sin as we call upon His Son to forgive us and save us. And now we can walk with God the rest of our days. Yes, we'll fail uh, at times, but we can have a, a life that is a testimony and is pleasing to God. And we ought to be what? Walking and leaping and praising God in our lives. Amen. <laughs> they looked at that, uh, at, at that lame man and wow! This guy's having a party. He is, he, he's, a, he, he's just full of joy. He, what's different about him? And oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. What a difference it made. By the way, the faith was involved. I think about Peter looking that, reaching out that hand. 
that and he t- t- to take the, 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 the lame man by the right hand? Peter and John and all the others knew that guy was carried there every day. Two, and at least two of them carried him. By the way, when Peter reaches out his hand, what's he going to do? Curl him? That'd be a pretty strong guy. To, 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 uh, the dead weight of a lame man like that ain't going to happen. When that lame man reaches up, he's got no legs under him. What's he going to do? Stand up just because Peter grabs him by the hand? He, Peter, is he going to trust Peter to curl him? No. The lame man's believing in Christ and Peter's believing in Christ too. Amen. And through faith, not only does Peter uh, reach out his hand, but the lame man, what? Leaping up stands, he receives miraculous strength. What a picture of salvation. We receive miraculous strength uh, to leap up and praise God and to walk a different life. And the lame, and so the, the lame man was beheld by the crowd. They knew it was he which sat for alms the beautiful gate of the temple. They filled, filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Uh, and as the lame man which was healed uh, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch. It's called Solomon's greatly wondering. Greatly wondering. That's what God wants to do about your life and my life. You know, the Bible says in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians that we ought to live lives that lost people don't understand. You can't afford to pay your bills and yet you're not worried? You had this sickness come in your life and yet you're not discouraged? Where are you getting your hope? What are you trusting in? Uh, Probably multiple of us in here have probably had to live paycheck to paycheck at times where you're praying in the bills. Many of us have been there. We, we, we have been there. And, and God's always provided. Amen. And the world looks at us and says, what's going on? Where's your confidence? And, and then we can tell them. Amen. You can tell them about God. About his promises. And so, so the Lord tells us in Matthew 5. 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What a blessing. What a blessing. <clears throat> and for all of those people who'd be saved in Peter's message, there's an outline for their life right there. <laughs> is that That's what the things that God would be calling them to now that they have beheld Jesus now that they have grabbed the hold of Christ by faith these are the things that God has for, has for them and by the way they're the things that God has for you and me amen I'm thankful that I have things to live for that are eternal amen that we have the opportunity to live for eternal things because everything temporal that we have what it's not going with us, folks. Not a one. You never saw a, uh, a moving truck, you know, behind, behind a hearse, okay? It doesn't happen. It, we, we, we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we, we, we can carry nothing out. Amen?
But what do, we do, what do we carry out? The word of God. The souls of men leave this world and go to be with Christ or not. And there are rewards for believers who have yielded to the Holy Spirit, who have, not, who have decided, I don't want to grieve him like Brother Dennis was talking about this morning. Have decided, I don't want to quench his work. I don't want to put out the, wor- the, 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 the working fire of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the heart of this Holy Spirit by not listening and obeying. And thankfully, because of Christ and because of his spirit in us, we can do that. And we can be a testimony before others. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this church. and I thank you for your people. I thank you for the truth of the word of God. I thank you, especially for your son. God, all the things that, that we so longingly and fervently preach here and teach here, dear God, are the things that you've provided for through Christ. Father, we thank you and we praise you and I thank you to be in, in, in a church and among so many believers that are laying hold of eternal life. And Father, there may be some things that we're hanging on to yet, any of us, that maybe in some way are a hindrance of drawing closer to you. I pray you'd help us to let them go and to grasp what you have for us in the place of that. And Father, we pray that as your word has gone forth, perhaps it has been uh, been received and understood by someone that's lost and I pray that they would understand that Jesus Christ your perfect son died on the cross and rose again and dear God you want all of the world to have repentance toward you repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ That is, we all have sinned. We've not kept your commandments. We have sinned against you, God and Father. And you have provided the cure. You gave your son. So we have repentance and sorrow that we have grieved you and sinned against you. And then you've made a way for us to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because he's your perfect son. He died for our sins and rose again and saved us from the death that we deserved. The wages of sin is death, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. God, you save us from that the moment we trust Christ as our Savior. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, crying out to Jesus in faith for forgiveness, that's our part, shall be saved. That's what you promised to do. And I pray they would do that. In their own words, the best way they know how, just pour their heart out to you. And you will save them. Father, I thank you. And I pray you'd help us to grow ever more like Christ as we look for your return. Help us to be careful to thank you and praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.